0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Just Saying, a podcast where we share tips and insights on how to think clearly and communicate clearly. I'm Charlie Thornton, and I'm going to be your host for today. And we're trying something a little bit different. We're doing a segment, a new segment called Frequently Asked Questions, uh, which is exactly what you think it would be. It's exactly what it sounds like. And today I'm going to be answering a question that I got last week during a session, which is my team multitasks all the time in meetings. Is that bad? And what should we do about it so we're going to be digging into that question Uh, but before we get to that if you're new to the podcast welcome we're so glad you're here please subscribe and think about giving us a review especially if it's a five-star review that would make us super happy and more importantly it would help us get the word out to more people so that's what we really want to do that's why we're doing this in the first place okay today's question my team multitasks all the time in meetings is that bad and what should we do about it let's take the first part of this first is multitasking bad Um, yeah, pretty much. I I think that there's a few different ways to think about multitasking. Obviously certain multitasking is, is fine and it's not that disruptive. Like if you're painting a wall and listening to a baseball team, a baseball game, rather, you can do those two things at the same time. And I'm not a neuroscientist, but my understanding of it is if you're not, if, if the two things you're doing don't sort of use the same cognitive processes, then you're probably okay which is why you can listen to the radio and drive your car. But if you start to interfere those two processes, then you run into trouble. For example, I've noticed, and I, you know, I I travel a lot for work and when I'm parking at the airport, I have a pretty good memory about where I left my car. But if I'm on the phone while I park, then I usually can't remember where I parked because there's some, there's something happening there where there's just a interference. Um, And, and so I think obviously what the question is in this case is really about multitasking at work in meetings, which when I think of multitasking in meetings today, I think of technology. So people are on their phones or they're on their laptops. And this is something that is, it's a question I get a lot. And it's something that we see a lot, right? I mean, think of how much things have changed just in the last 10 or 15 years with regards to how acceptable it is to, to be seen looking at your phone or opening up your laptop. I remember early in my career, I, I, I my phone was in my bag, little like flip phone, and it went off during a client meeting. And I was there with my boss and this very important client in this really tall building. And I was, I was mortified. I apologized profusely. I had to, you know, I apologized to my boss as we were leaving. It, it was like not okay at all. Now, if that happened, like people wouldn't even think about it. So our our sense of what's okay has changed a lot, and part of that has made it maybe is that okay, but part of that has made it acceptable for people just to multitask in meetings. So is multitasking bad? Yeah, it would it would seem to be that way. And there's some interesting and kind of colorful research on this. Um, you know, the University of Utah found that um, people who multitask are actually People, let me put it a different way. People who think they're good at multitasking are actually worse at it than people who think they're bad at it. Which means that multitasking is is kind of a delusion. So if you think that you're really good at it, you're probably worse at it than someone who avoids it and, and because they think they're bad at it. Stanford kind of related study, Stanford had one that was um, that suggested that the more you multitask, the worse you get at it. Which would suggest that it might be more like, rather than it being like a muscle, which I think some people think it is, it it's more like elastic. And the more you use that elastic, it just kind of gets worn out and and it gets tired, which is you know, is sort of a scary thought if we're doing that to our brains. And then probably the most uh, widely cited study here uh, from uh, from University of London, I think it was, was that multitasking actually affects your IQ more than smoking marijuana, at least in the short term. So if you think of a bunch of highly paid professionals sitting around a table, um, the decisions they're making you know, might be something like the breakfast club would turn out if you think of it in those terms. Um, okay, so let's look at this second question. What do we actually do about this? How do we get people to stop multitasking in meetings? The obvious answer is if you're the boss, just make them stop, tell them to shut the computers, tell them to turn off the phones. And I'm like, in general, I'm, I'm cool with that. I think setting ground rules is helpful to people and setting clear expectations of how are we going to treat each other in meetings is good. But I actually think that that's probably not getting to the heart of the issue. And I'd like to, if you're, if you're willing to bear with me here, I'd like to dig a little bit deeper and ask the question, well, why are people multitasking? Because if you asked 100 professionals, is it annoying when people multitask in your meeting? They'd all say yes. Who wouldn't? And then if you ask that same 100 professionals, have you ever multitasked in someone else's meeting? They'd also all say yes. We've all done it before, even though we know it's probably not the best thing to do. So either we're all just incredibly weak-willed or we're self-destructive or there's something deeper going on. And I'm gonna propose it's that. And and see, I think the reason that people multitask in meetings, I think there's a lot of factors here, but I think one of them is that we're in too many meetings. And, And not just the fact that we're in too many meetings, let me put a finer point on it. We're in too many meetings that we don't really need to be in, that we don't really have a voice in. Ask yourself this question what percentage of the meetings that you attend have two or more people in them who don't say anything the whole time? If the answer's a really high percentage, what that means is that we're probably treating meetings as a way to provide visibility, as opposed to treating meetings as a way to make decisions and have meaningful discussions and and move things forward. And I think that's a really key distinction. If we use meetings for visibility, what you end up with is, a lot of meetings with a lot of people in them. And because there are a lot of people in them, they tend to kind of be longer. And a, and, a, and a high percentage of that information is not relevant to the person sitting there. In other words, that person is really sitting in that meeting for 30 minutes or 60 minutes, waiting for like the two minutes that, are, that matter to them. The two minutes where their boss and their boss's peers make some kind of breakthrough or make some kind of decision that impacts them. Well, if you're sitting in, you know, the average professional has 15 hours of meetings a day. Or sorry, not a day, a week. A day would be re- that would be really astounding. But if you've got 15 hours of meetings a week and a high percentage of those meetings, let's say 28 minutes out of every 30 minutes is kind of irrelevant to you, of course you're going to bring your laptop. You're not insane you're going you're gonna to try to use that time effectively because it's not really being used effectively um, currently. I mean, to, to, give, to give like another analogy, imagine if you took your car in and it needed a tune-up, right? And I'm not a car person. And you know, imagine for this in this situation that you're not either. Imagine the mechanic was like, oh yeah, here's the problem. We got, we got to get in there and get into that uh, transmission and we got to tune this thing up. Hey, why don't you come and watch us? So you know that uh, we did it. And you're like, I, I don't even know what I'm looking for. I don't even know what I would be doing. So you're, here you are sitting for two hours watching them goof around with your engine. At the end of it, you're like, does it work? And they're like, yeah. Well, they could have told you that without you sitting through it. And I, I think that's how a lot of people feel in meetings. So no wonder that they, they sort of bring their work with them. But that leads to a whole host of other problems, which is everybody's got to be in every meeting because everybody needs visibility. And, be, and, and so because everybody needs visibility, then nobody gets anything done. So they bring the work with them because they don't want to stay late and they don't want to take time away from their kids and family or whatever. Um, so I think if we look at that, if we look at it from that perspective, then maybe the solution isn't just saying stop multitasking. And and maybe the solution isn't sort of pointing our finger at the people who are multitasking and saying they're bad for multitasking. They're doing dumb things, even though in some cases that's probably true. But maybe the solution is we should have smaller meetings and we should be inviting only the people who really need to be there. And not only that, maybe we should be narrowing the focus of those conversations. If we narrow the focus, we narrow the number of people who actually need to be there. Oftentimes when you do those two things, you can cut down the time that's needed for the meeting. The shorter the meeting is, the less someone feels like they're going to need to do other things during it. Um, and then the last thing, if I could throw one more idea out there that I think would help is, and, and this is really, really important. If you opt to have smaller meetings, and if you opt to narrow the focus and shorten the time, like I'm recommending that you do, um, then you are gonna have another, you will potentially create a visibility problem because you cut out those five people that didn't need to be there. Well, they do need some visibility, but visibility doesn't necessarily mean sitting through all 30 or 60 minutes of the meeting. So here's here's the last thing, and I think this is actually quite important. You need to send a written follow-up via email to the people that didn't need to be there for the discussion, but do need visibility. The key voices need to be in the meeting, but the FYI's, the people who need to know, but don't need to participate, they need a a written summary. And when I say a written summary, I don't mean meeting minutes. I suppose you could send meeting minutes, but then they might as well have sat through the meeting. It's only slightly better. I'm talking about a very clear, succinct synopsis that says, here are the key takeaways. Here are the key action items. Here are the key owners of those action items and due dates of those items. And then if necessary, here's a little bit of analysis or color or context to help you understand uh, you know, at a deeper level what the conversation was. And that last piece, yeah, 90% of meetings probably don't even need that. But every once in a while, it might be good to give them a little bit of color. The point is it's gonna take you a little bit more effort, but think of how much time it's saving them. I mean, if you go from eight people in your meeting to three, and then you have to take 15 minutes to craft a very tight synopsis and you send it out, and it takes them three to you know three to four minutes to read that synopsis, you've just saved them, you know, you know, do the math. You've just saved each of them 26 minutes. Let's say it was a half-hour meeting. It takes them four minutes to read the follow-up. You've just saved each of them 26 minutes of their life. Times five. Um, I'm not going to do the math live, but. You get the point is this gonna make is this gonna like be like flipping a switch probably not because part of multitasking in meetings is a cultural thing we've we've sort of become habituated to it we've let people know by example and by tolerance that it's kind of okay or kind of necessary um so it is something that you're gonna have to to work at now i, I think it's it's totally reasonable that you say look, I've made this a smaller group, a more narrow focused conversation and I've tried to cut down the time. I'm only asking for 20 minutes of your time. And so let's try to keep the technology shut. Let's make this decision. You should have a very clear, what we call like a minimum definition of success. And you should have that you know, up on the board or visible somewhere in the invite. And then they can all focus on that. And I think you're gonna see good results with that. And over time, I think you're gonna see people stop multitasking because they don't need to multitask if they're actually doing the most important thing that they can at that given moment. It's when they feel like their time is better used elsewhere that they start to multitask. Okay, those are a couple tips for this week. I hope that's helpful. We would love to hear your questions. Um, We're constantly getting questions from people, but feel free if you're listening and you go, you know, I got one that I'd like these guys to opine on shoot me an email. Um, My email is C as in Charlie, T-H-O-R-N-T-O-N at thebrieflab.com. And maybe at some point we'll create our own little cool special email just for this segment. All right, everybody. Have a great week.